Hello and welcome to another episode of Meta Sidekicks. My name is Liv. This is M. Do you have another fun fact? This is going to be the second one that I'm asking for you on the spot. Um, so I talked to Thor last night. <laughs> I think Thor and Loki are twin flames. That would make a lot of fucking sense. And that's very on brand for what we're talking about today. And you don't even know it. I thought we were talking about pagan things. Yeah. It's on brand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it is, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Why were they telling you these things? If you want to share. I don't know. Ask Thor. How is Odin related to Thor? Is Thor like the dad of Odin or is Odin the dad of Thor? Odin is Thor's dad. Loki is adopted. <laughs> okay. Um, so he's like half brother or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. No, the reason I asked is because I was like, okay, there's two guys here. One of them is like, he has a big beard and it's white and he's like, I'm in charge. He gives me like Zeusy vibes, but like less Zeusy ish. Um, and then the other one is very like happy go lucky, funny, courageous, like Naruto esque. So I was like, which one of you's Odin and which one of you's Thor and wh- how are you related? And I just need to be reminded of that. That's all. So. Okay, so then why were they there? <laughs> um, I don't know. They're probably just explaining things to you about twin flame relationships. That's what I would assume. You're welcome. Cause that they're was my favorite dream last night. Oh, yeah. Twin flame relationships are interesting. So, all right. Are you ready? Yep. I'm sad because I don't have a Santa hat. I just told you that before we started recording this. But Merry Christmas Eve! Because that's when this is going to come out. You could have lied to people and said you did have a hat. I have a hat on. Yeah, but what if they're clairvoyantly, past tensely, remote viewing us? What? It'd be really confusing for them. Because they're like, you're saying you're wearing a hat, but I see that you're not wearing a hat. So how do they know they're actually viewing you, not a parallel version of you where you actually are wearing a hat? Dude, I wish I could be the parallel version of me where I'm prepared enough to have a freaking Santa hat because I want to be wearing one right now. You know, that's probably why I'm dyslexic because I can see parallel universes. I never thought about it that way. You think I'm serious? That was a joke. Well, the reason why I'm dyslexic is because I can think in three dimensions. And that causes... Okay, I'm also dyslexic. And you've told me that I can think in three dimensions as well. However, I cannot take something that I see three-dimensionally in my head and translate it onto paper. And? It just confuses me and it makes me angry because I want to be an artiste and I can't in the way that I wish I could. Well, my art teacher says that you're not actually artistic. It's just hand-eye coordination. So you have to increase your hand-eye coordination through practice. That's why I'm bad at video games. Yeah. Anyways, today, Merry Christmas Eve. We've all seen the signs, bumper stickers, etc., which state, Jesus is the reason for the season. <laughs> and I'm all for it, honestly. However, a better narrative may be, Yuletide, my guy, because the actual answer to Jesus is the reason for the season is yes and no. Because although Jesus may have been a pretty cool dude in a loose mood, the festivities predate his birth date. So, Terry, we're going to be talking about the pagan heritage, I guess, of Christmas things. Pagan traditions. Yeah, traditions. Of gift giving, the image of Santa Claus, Christmas stockings, Christmas caroling, Decking the halls with holly and decorating Christmas trees. Are you excited? Are you a towel? Yes. So, yes. Sick. No.
All right. That's how I feel about Christmas. And you can't hear it. That's fine. M, M can't hear the nut button. No. But I can. And you can. Mm-hmm. And that's the important part. So <laughs> do you want to... Do you want to make this into like a psychic chicken thing? Or do you just want me to go through the things that I've written and you can give me narrative? I have no idea what you, what we're talking about. Okay. Well, I'm going to, yeah. Okay. This doesn't seem like a haunted thing. So yeah, it's not really haunted, but as mediums, we could maybe give some insight into it if you want to, or just some fun commentary because we're humans. When you talk about it. Okay. I'm excited. Well, it makes me excited because you literally start this podcast out with fun fact. I think Thor and Loki are twin flames because that has to do with a lot of things going on right now, but it also has to do with this. And I find it funny because Odin and Thor are very, and Loki are, uh, in, in the research that I have for today. Weird. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's why I was like, Ooh, (laughs) what's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, so there's a lot of overlapping between Roman and British Isles and Scandinavian culture when it comes to the following information. So if there's a god mentioned in one tradition, the same god is just called by another name in another language, but it's still like similar same tradition because the Romans, the British Isles, and the Scandinavian cultures all kind of were on the same jiggy with it thing when it comes to pagan stuff that was happening at the time for Yuletide. Cool? Mm -hmm. Cool. Also, the only thing I could think about when I was reading like the Scandinavian stuff is my comfort show right now is the Golden Girls because <laughs> I finished all of MASH and I'm just an old person that watches old person TV. Yeah. And the character Rose Nyland, who's played by Betty White, she comes from Minnesota and it's all like Scandinavian people there. So every time she talks about St. Olaf, which is where she comes from, she's like, her Ferkelergen Bergen Dugan. All I can think about is that Rose Nyland and her people are from this. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Yuletide is the other name for Christmas? Question mark. First, we got to understand the entomology and the pagan relationship to the word Yuletide itself, because a lot of people are like Christmas, holiday season, Yuletide. It's they all got each other's hands in the same pot. 
which can get fishy, but that's why we're here today talking about it. So Yule comes from the Old Norse word Yol and the Old English Yol, which is the season of hunting after the harvest was done. So Yule was a pagan festival that followed the midwinter solstice, usually around the 21st of December, and celebrated the return of the sun as the days slowly started to get longer again. The festivities, which involved lots of eating, drinking, and gift giving, lasted up to 12 days, hence the 12 days of Christmas. And today, most Scandinavians celebrate Yule on December 24th. And the reason for this is because there was a really cool dude called King Hakon the Good. Like, literally, the good. Mm -hmm. Makes me think about Ivan the Terrible, and then you got, like, King Hakon of the Good. (laughs) Very different. The Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah. If I was a king, though, I would want to be of the good. Wicked Witch of the West. Opposites here. (laughs) So, this King Hakon the Good was the king of Norway from 934 to 961, and he tried to convert Norway to Christianity by declaring Yule to be celebrated on the same day as Christmas, and both would be called Yule. According to Histori Noegiae, the book describes Hakon as an apostate who observed both pagan and Christian rites. And since many of you may feel similarly to King Haken the Good, here is the broader definition of the word apostate or apostasy, which you might not know what it means. So apostate is embracing an opinion that is contrary to one's previous religious beliefs. One who undertakes apostasy is known as an apostate, and undertaking apostasy is called apostasizing. And the term apostasy is used by sociologists to mean the renunciation and criticism of or opposite to a person's former religion in a technical sense with no provocative connotation, which means no like ill will. And I think that's really cool because during the time, you know, the Christian crusades and stuff like were happening and instead of being either for or against a lot of things, he tried to be a peacemaker of sorts and was like, listen, we can make both sides happy and no one's got to be like beheaded hanged or you know killed because yule can be the same thing as christmas time and that's how we're gonna do it guys got it cool and another thing that i found interesting was i wanted to look up a little bit last night about king hake on the good and it's cool because he's norwegian but his dad because i think he was the youngest of five brothers so king hakon's dad had kids and then King Hakon was either the oldest or the youngest. I don't remember. But the, the premise of the story is he literally gave King Hakon to the king of England and was like, here, you're going to adopt my child as a foster parent. And in that time, I guess the tradition was you take a baby and you put it on the foster parent's knees as like a ceremony. And then you're the foster parent. But even though you are the foster parent of this king of Norway's child, who's going to eventually become the king of Norway himself, the king of England had to do everything in his power to give King Hakon the Good everything that his dad wanted him to have. So his dad gave him to this king of England and was like, take care of my kid because of like political reasons, I guess. And then had complete control over how his kid was raised. Does that make sense to you? Why are we talking about this? Because I think it's important when it comes to the fact that... Pagan religions? Well, when it comes to King Hakon the Good, he was Norwegian and raised with pagan thoughts. 
But then the fact that his dad gave him to the King of England and was like, foster my child, he got the religious information of like Christianity and Catholicism. So when he came back to Norway, he was like, listen, I got both of this heritage. So instead of having conflict, I'm just going to make people get along by saying, hey, Yule's on December 24th. Did he make paganism or something? No, he didn't make it, but he was Norwegian and then raised by an English king. So he had both tastes, if you will, when it mm-hmm. comes to religion and was able to use that to be an apostasy when the Crusades happened. Okay. I, I don't know why we're talking about it. I just think it's important to like understand that usually when you hear about the Christian Crusades and paganism being overtaken by you know, Jesus and stuff like that. There was a lot of bloodshed. There was a lot of horrible things. Like literally I talked to a woman who had a past life with her mother Mm -hmm. where they both lived in like the Celtic Druid times. And when Christianity was introduced, her mom fucking ratted her out and was like, she's not practicing Jesusness and had her killed. (laughs) So I just think it's cool that this King tried to not have people do that and pick sides and was Mm -hmm. just like, we can get along. Yuletide. Got you. Yeah, it makes me happy. And the fact that we've had a lot of our listeners say like, hey, I was raised Catholic or I was raised Christian or whatever. And I've like, I don't know if I have to, do I have to choose between the two? Because I have a lot of religious trauma. So what am I going to do about it? Because people feel like they have to pick sides of, I don't want to believe in Jesus or I don't want to do this. And I don't agree with that. And it's like, you could just be like King Hakon of Norway and be an apostasy and, you know, not agree with one religion and just kind of blend the two. Yeah. Cause I think it's a, it's a very Christmassy ideal mm-hmm. and I, and I'm on it. I feel, I feel it. <laughs> so we are going to talk about, like I said, as you're getting ready for Christmas day tomorrow, gift giving Santa Claus, Christmas stockings, caroling, and you know, all just the fun things that we do around Christmas time that, People always say Jesus is the reason for the season, which is not wrong, but you also got Yuletide, my guy. So let's get into the Yuletide traditions that have helped create the ones that we do today. First one, gift giving. What do you want for Christmas? Nothing. Every time I ask you that, you say tarot cards. (laughs) So I'm surprised you didn't say tarot cards. Yeah. So, gift-giving. The practice dates to the pagan and druid peoples of Rome, the British Isles, and Scandinavian countries. In instances of Roman paganism, gift-giving took place during Saturnalia, which is an ancient Roman festival and holiday in honor of the agricultural god Saturn, held on December 17th of the Julian calendar and later expanded with festivities through to December 23rd. During the Saturnalia festival, wax tapers and torches were lit in a similar way to Advent candles used by Christians today. Houses were also decorated with wreaths and evergreen plants, and Roman people ate lots of food, they drank lots of wine, played games, and gave each other gifts and sang and shared tales. And this also is important because it comes out with decking the halls. So in the song, you know, deck the halls with boughs of holly, in Roman celebrations, holly was seen as a sacred plant. It was associated with the god Saturn, and Romans made holy wreaths to exchange as gifts for good luck in addition to decorating their homes with it. Because holly's an evergreen plant, so they were like, cool, it's green all year round? That means that it's everlasting life and, like, love and things like that? So they would make wreaths to represent, like, 
it keeps going and going and giving. That's cute. Right. Mm-hmm. It's adorable. So, you know, after the harvest, everyone's like, okay, so we got the grains, we got the corns, we got what we need to get through the winter. Now we're going to try and hunt for meat. And uh, that's that's basically what uh, Saturnalia was, which was really cool. And I looked it up too, just to cross-reference with like Germanic, Scandinavian and British Isle things. And there's a Norse god that has a very hard name that I cannot pronounce, nor will I try to. That is the equivalent of Saturn, the Roman god. So it's all agriculture and things like that. But it's adorable. But that's why we have that Christmas song, because the Romans were like, Holly's cool. It's a gift and it's evergreen. So we're going to make, you know, our dank houses that are dark because it's dark all the time and it's winter time not be so drab. (laughs) I also read something too where in like Norway or Denmark, they used to take holly and make it into wreaths and then light it on fire and roll them down hills (laughs) to represent that the sun time, like the sunlight was going to uh, start extending weird right they were like evergreen light it on fire roll it down a hill cool burn down village <laughs> it just makes me happy like i don't know it had to have sucked to live back then for like just various reasons like indoor plumbing lack of toilet paper getting sick just a lot. It, it had to have sucked. And it just, it warms my heart to know that people had things that they did yearly just to celebrate things. <laughs> right. I think we should make wreaths and light them on fire and roll them down a hill. What? We're going to light the village on fire. Not if we're away from the village. You got to find a hill a little bit, like at least 10 feet away. And then we'll light the forest on fire, then goes to village and then village go on fire. Let me explain how fire works for you. <laughs> oh, anyways, okay. So moving on to Santa Claus. Okay, so there's two cases of Saint Nick. The origins of Santa Claus trace back to what is now Turkey, to legends surrounding Saint Nicholas. This Saint Nicholas was a Greek bishop of Myra, which now resides in present-day Turkey, and he lived from 270 to like 343. That's what they say. But this... Saint Nicholas was revered for his kindness and he became known as the protector of children. The Dutch called this man Santa Claus and created a holiday for him historically celebrated on December 6th. He is depicted as an elderly, stately, and serious man with long white hair and a full beard. Now this is also one of my favorite stories because I believe in Santa Claus. You can't say that he's not real. What if Santa Claus is a, a demon? That's Krampus. No, Santa Claus. Santa Claus is not a demon. What if Krampus is not the demon and Santa Claus is actually the demon? I reject your reality and substitute my own. <laughs> well, if you think about it like this, we are the things that create dark entities. Santa Claus could be a dark entity. Well, we also create benevolent entities too. Saint Nick was also supposedly a, a real person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he puts candy in your shoes. <laughs> yeah so this makes me really happy because my um personal story side note before we move on to the second case of saint nick uh this turkish one so the greeks and the turks don't like each other i don't know why necessarily historically speaking i just have a step grandmother who is greek 
and she and her sisters don't like the Turks because they're Greek, but one of them lives in Turkey, so she always talks about how her sister's a traitor. Anyways, it doesn't make sense to me, but because of this, my mom and my uncle used to go to Greece all the time because my grandfather lived there with his wife, who was my grandmother, who was Greek. And I guess they were like boating or something one summer because my parents, my mom and my uncle would go there during the summer and they would boat from like island to island because I don't know, it's what you do when you're in Greece and you can when it's like the 80s, I don't know. But their boat ended up like breaking down and they had to like stop on this one island while some people came to fix their boat so they could get back home. And they were just on this island that no one lived at anymore. And my mom and my uncle both have the same story where they saw this giant stone that was engraved in like Greek. So because they were kids and they were bored, they asked one of their tour people, they were like, hey, what does this giant stone mean on this island in the middle of Greece? And basically, it was the story of St. Nicholas. Isn't that the cutest thing ever? Yeah. So someone took a stone on an island, carved it, and then was like, peace. I'm going to do this for St. Nicholas. What if it was Santa Claus himself? I thought they were the same person. Yeah. But the idea of Santa Claus is a demon. No. Santa Claus is not a demon. <laughs> how do you know that for sure? You know how people are like, that little girl's a demon. It's pretending to be whatever. Santa Claus is a demon. No, That's what you should call this. Santa de- Claus is a demon. <laughs> no. I love Santa Claus. He's not a demon. What if I'm Santa Claus? What if I'm the incarnation of well, Santa Claus? Which is why I love him so much. Think about it like this. Okay, Santa Claus promotes capitalism and capitalism is bad. Santa Claus does not promote capitalism. Yeah, he does. He promotes buying gifts. Capitalism. So in which so in which case Santa Claus is a demon. Maybe there's a spin-off of Santa Claus being a demon that's more manifested since the 1800s, which is when capitalism was associated with Santa Claus in the United States. Still is. Yeah, but that didn't happen until the 1800s. Still happening. Santa Claus is a demon. Title for your podcast. <laughs> so, anyways, on the stone that was engraved on this deserted small Greek island, it was the story of Santa Claus, St. Nick, which was... There was a man who lived in the village and he didn't have a lot, but he had more than other people. And the children during, I don't know, I guess Yuletide or something, were sad during the holiday season. I mean, probably not even the holiday season. They were just sad. So what happened during this time of year was this St. Nicholas was, I don't know if he was a toy maker or if he just had the reasons to make toys, but he made toys and left them in people's shoes outside of their houses And that was the story that was engraved on the stone in Greece. And it just makes me happy because I heard that story when I was little. And then I learned that the stuff that I just told you about Santa Claus being what is now present day Turkey with St. Nicholas. It just makes me really happy. I'm like, yeah, my mom says that my mom says that she was mad because at school they did St. Nicholas where we left our shoes out and they put candy in it. Because every year after that, she had to do the tradition where I put my shoes out and St. Nicholas put candy in them because there's a specific day for it. That's cute. Yeah, I know it's more of a German thing sometimes, too, with the shoe stuff. Because I've had friends from Germany. candy in your shoes. (laughs) Do the candy taste like foot? Not when you're six. (laughs) Not when you're six. 
<laughs> All right. So moving on to the second uh, case of St. Nick. This is during the Yule celebration by Germanic people. Many believe that the ghost sightings and sp- many people believe that ghost sightings and supernatural occurrences happened much more often than during the rest of the year, such as during the wild hunt, which was a procession of ghosts through the sky led by Odin, who bore a long beard and brought gifts to those who deserved them. So that I think also lends to like the Christmas past and like Scrooge and stuff, because people think they used to think that the veil was thin <laughs> during Yuletide. And now we have, you know, the, the Christmas story thing with the Scrooge dude and the, the ghosts of Christmas past. So Santa is a demon. No, Santa's Odin. Doesn't make any sense. In another one, it's Odin. Interesting. Which is also funny because at the at the beginning of this, uh, you asked me to a- ask Thor a question. And there was two guys and one looked like a gray beard and the other one had like blonde hair or something. And their energy was very different. And I'm reading now that, you know, I, I mean, I obviously wrote this down, but I didn't think about it at the beginning of the podcast that Odin had a long beard and brought gifts to those who deserve them. <laughs> Weird. Right? So Odin is depicted as riding a chariot pulled by two bull goats or like dude goats. Mm -hmm. And during Yuletide celebrations, Germanic pagans would make animal sacrifices to Thor, Odin, and Freya. And in many cases, the sacrificial animals would be eaten during the celebration. However, it was believed that in thanks for their gifts of sacrifice, Odin would bring gifts in his chariot pulled by goats leaving them in people's homes or in their shoes left outside of their doorways. And over the years, this has been adopted into the Santa Claus we know today, being pulled by a reindeer in a sleigh with a big white beard. Isn't that fun? It's weird. I love it. It makes me happy. I, I want to go back to the fucking Yule Goat, my guy. Just being... Could you imagine? Sense. Up on the housetop, click, click, click. Is Odin in its goats? And I can't say anything else that would rhyme because my mind's dirty. Well... <laughs> Technically, I don't know. I saw this on TikTok, but reindeers lose their antlers, the male ones. So mm-hmm. all of the reindeers are female. Yeah. In in the reindeer Santas. Yeah. But Odin had, had two dude goats. And the only thing okay. I can think of is like, could you imagine if Odin was pulling his chariot with the goats in the sleigh? And instead of like hearing jingle bells, you just hear, yeah, because goats just scream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> screaming goats through the sky and you're like oh mom it's santa claus i'm gonna get some presents well do you not think reindeer make noise yeah but they don't scream you don't know that no they make like this it's like this baying sort of noise you ever heard a reindeer no oh it's definitely not a screaming goat but i do think that we should bring screaming goats flying through the sky back (laughs) instead of sleigh bells (laughs) wow (laughs) all right christmas stockings so no one can prove either of these two traditions for christmas stockings but there's two of them two reasons why we hang christmas stockings or two Mm -hmm. hypotheses hypotheses so one obviously related to odin so children would put hay and carrots and like sugar cubes, although I don't know they had sugar cubes during pagan times, but I don't know, whatever, uh, in stockings. And they would put these foods in their stockings over the mantles for Odin's eight-legged horse named 
I think it was Slepnir or Sleepnir, an eight-legged horse. Why? Because I guess in addition to the two goats that pulled his why sleigh. Does he have two, why does he have so many legs? I don't know. I didn't look into why he had so many legs, but he looks like a giant gypsy vayner with eight legs in like the depictions that I looked up last night. Oh my God. Right? That's weird. <laughs> so children would leave out hay, carrots, and things in their stockings as an offering to Odin's eight-legged steed Slepnir. And to show thanks, Odin would leave gifts in the children's stockings hung above the Yule log fire. However, there's no written proof of this happening until other traditions. Now, that's the Odin story of why we have Christmas stockings. Now, the St. Nicholas story is a little bit different. So, St. Nick, the Greek or Turkish bishop, however you want to talk about it, decided to help a family in secret because during the holiday season, or what's now known as the holiday season, he knew the father of the family would not accept any charity. So, after dark, St. Nick threw three bags of gold through an open window of the family's house. And the children of the family that had hung up their stockings over the mantle of the fireplace to dry, one bag of gold landed in the stocking. And when the family awoke the next morning to find the bag of gold, they were overjoyed. And that's why stockings are a thing? Yeah, because I guess, you know, when you got to wash your socks, you put them over the fireplace to dry for the morning. And St. Nick was like, I'm going to help a G out and threw some gold into one of them. And they're like, yay, we're not going to starve. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So that's why we hang stockings during Christmas time. So if you want to believe in Odin and leave some some treats for Slepnir, go for it. But if you also want to try and get some gold in your stocking because St. Nick is doing good deeds, try that too. All right. Are you ready for Christmas caroling? No. <laughs> that sounds like my worst nightmare. Did you ever have to do Christmas caroling in elementary school? Yeah, it was awful. I also did not like it. I was not one of the kids. Who likes it? Sorry. People (laughs) do it. They get real horny about it, too. I hate Christmas carols. Hornier than Odin's goats. (laughs) (laughs) Uncalled for. I can only think about the... Well, goats have horns. Uncalled for. No, necessary. (laughs) I really just want screaming goats through the Christmas sky. Wow. Um, okay, so Christmas caroling. Um, during the celebration of Yuletide, there was something called Vasil. This is not only a toast, but also a drink and an activity. The word translates to, quote, good health, as in, I drink to your good health. It was also an alcoholic punch made with spices and fruit juice that was used to make toasts. Fun fact, the word toast comes from the toasted bread the pagans served with the beverage. Weird. <laughs> And if Wasiel, the beverage, contained eggs, milk, or cream, it was called nog. Gross. Noggin, dude. <laughs> to go wasiling was like trick-or-treating for grown-ups. Adults would go from house to house and beg for wasiel, the drink, and other treats like figgy pudding. The tradition originated before Christianity as an orchard blessing ritual. The people believed that the fruit trees went into hibernation when the nights grew longer, so they would gather in the orchard after midwinter and enjoy as much wasil as they could and make as much noise as they could to wake up the trees. So over time, it became an excuse for drunken revelers to wander the streets singing loudly, knocking on people's doors and asking for treats. <laughs> the modern tradition of caroling for hot chocolate, spiced wine, and eggnog is all that remains of this Yuletide tradition. So they're waking the trees up? Yeah. They were waking the trees up and then doing it at the wrong time of the year. 
Well, they thought that since the days got longer, that's when the trees would sleep. So they would go out there and drink wasil, which was like a spiced wine, and then just get drunk and start singing <laughs> to <Naturally>. the trees. <laughs> well, also that Christmas carol of like, we won't leave until you give us figgy pudding. That's never them. heard of it. Really? Yeah. There's there's a Christmas carol. Well, one of the lines is we and we won't leave until you give us some figgy pudding. Never heard of it. I hate Christmas carols <laughs> so much. You have no idea. That's okay. <laughs> but I just think it's funny because it, it, they're talking about wasil, which is, you know, getting drunk, mm-hmm. having toasts, and then bothering people for more alcohol because you ran out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now we have decorating the Christmas tree. Um, Do you want to share your story about your Christmas tree that you had last year? Yeah, sure. So... We used to cut trees down and use a live tree for a Christmas tree, and it always made me sad because I don't understand why people cut down trees for just decoration. Mm-hmm. And the Christmas tree was excited because he got to make people happy and be dressed up for a while. But I don't know, when you get Christmas trees from farms, they like know what's going to happen. So mm-hmm. It's like their life's purpose. So they're like, I'm a tree! <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, what is it? Uh, they're like the little alien plushies from Toy Story. We're like, the claw determines who will stay and who will go. I have been chosen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's really cute. I just wanted people to know that they're not always, they shouldn't always be sad about their Christmas tree. Anyways, so the pagan tradition of decorating Christmas trees comes from Germanic traditions specifically where people would bring fir trees into their homes at Yuletide because it represented everlasting life because the trees are evergreen, and it also represented fertility, both personally and for, like, the next harvest, basically. The Yule tree is decorated with lights, candles, and other festive ornaments to celebrate the return of light after the dark days. And I saw in other, like, pagan traditions, they thought that the spirits within the tree, so like the fae, could be coaxed out if they decorated them. Weird. So they were like, here, we have your tree. We want to decorate it for you and make it happy for you. Will you come and like give us blessings? Interesting. <laughs> Isn't that cute? People afraid of the fae. Uh, only certain ah, certain cultures. So there's a, there's a lot of discrepancies between the two, but I thought that was really cute. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we got the Yule Log. What do you think about when I say Yule Log? A wreath on fire being rolled down a hill. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Some people might think about food because this also has to deal with food. But before it dealt with food, the Yule Log. So eventually many Yule customs were absorbed into Christmas celebrations as Christianity overtook Northern Europe. Originally, the Yule log was a whole tree or a large tree trunk that was carefully chosen, felled, and hauled into the longhouse with great ceremony. So, in addition to people having celebrations in their own house, certain pagan cultures had, like, temples, basically, dedicated for Yule time. So, they would have ritual sacrifices for animals and then big feasts following, altars for Freya, Odin, and Thor, and things like that. So, that's what they mean by the long house. So when people die and they say they go to like Valhalla, Valhalla is like a long house where everyone is just celebrating and drinking things. Isn't Valhalla like a place in the afterlife or is Valhalla Earth? 
I don't remember. Valhalla is a place in the afterlife that you go to after you die honorably in battle. So but then why are we doing it on Earth? Because it's a representation of it. Ah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like the church. So it's the ghost of Christmas past bringing you to the afterlife to view all of your things. What? The longhouse or Valhalla? Valhalla. Well, Valhalla, I don't think they make you look at things. Do you just celebrate and drink a lot? Joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, wait, I'm very confused. <laughs> all right. So anyways, that's what the longhouse is. It's like church, but for the pagans. So they would take it to the longhouse with great ceremony. Then the end of the trunk was laid on the hearth and lit with a branch from the previous year's Yule log as the rest of the tree stuck out of the hearth and into the room. The tree trunk was slowly pushed into the hearth as it burned, which it did continuously for 12 days. At the end of the 12 days, the unburnt part of the tree was extinguished and saved to start next year's Yule log fire. Fun fact, in Holland... It was believed that storing the leftovers of the Yule log under your bed would protect you from home lightning strikes, which was no doubt a tribute to Thor. That's so weird. <laughs> Isn't that? I mean, maybe they thought also because lightning strikes would hit trees. So if you take the tree and you roll it sideways under your bed, they're like, you ain't going to get it because it's sideways under my bed, Thor. Try and catch me now. <laughs> I, I think he could do it. He could manage. <laughs> Uh, all right, so another thing is, I hope I'm saying this correctly, but the Boucher de Noël is a French tradition that celebrates the Yule log in the form of a fancy dessert because it's French and everything French has to deal with food. Fight me. So this dessert is made of thin sheets of sponge cake spread with buttercream frosting and then rolled to form a log. The Boucher de Noël is then decorated with chocolate frosting bark, candy holly leaves, and meringue mushrooms. You ever seen a Yule log and eaten one? No. It's like a chocolate cake. You know, like how during Thanksgiving they got pumpkin pumpkin rolls? Mm-hmm. It's like a pumpkin roll, but not pumpkin. It's a big ho-ho. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> it's a ho-ho, but they call it the Yule log because they're like, Christianity says we can't do rituals, but we're going to make it delicious. Thank you, the French. <laughs> Interesting. Right? <laughs> it makes me happy. So from hauling a giant ass tree into your living room and burning it slowly for 12 days, which let's talk about a fire hazard. I think burning wreaths and rolling them down a hill is a less fire hazard than a giant tree in your home. (laughs) The tree's not on fire, right? No, the tree is on fire. They took a tree, put it in their house, shoved one end of it into the fireplace and lit it on fire for 12 days. And as it burned, they would just slowly push it farther into the fireplace. What if that whole thing lit on fire? I'm sure it did. <laughs> it makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. That is way less safe than burning wreaths. I Same, same, but different, my guy. <laughs> All right. Now, mistletoe. Mistletoe is greatly revered by the ancient Druids and the Norse people because it was believed that it was magical. It stayed green all year round, even though the host tree would drop its leaves and look dead. It was always found high up in oak and apple trees, which are very, very, like, sacred in druid cultures. If found in a sacred oak tree, it was cut down with a golden sickle during a special ceremony and was caught in a white cloak before it even hit the ground. Then the magical mistletoe was divided and a piece was given to every home in the village to ward off evil for the next year. Thus, hanging mistletoe over the door became a New Year's tradition, and kissing under the mistletoe is actually related to the goddess Freya. So the Norse goddess of love, 
Freya, had two sons, one of which was blind. The trickster god Loki made an arrow out of mistletoe wood and shot Freya's blind son with the mistletoe arrow. The son died and the goddess's tears became the mistletoe's white berries and it was said that her love for him found within the tears were so powerful that her son was resurrected from death. The Nordic goddess decided to turn mistletoes into a Scandinavian symbol of love and fertility, which required a kiss between humans meeting beneath the mistletoe hung in homes. Isn't that kind of cool? Yeah, that's super weird. Yeah, so I know in like American culture, mistletoe always has red berries, but mistletoe mistletoe actually has white berries. Weird. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's like the traditional Yule time mistletoe. It's adorable. Now, last but not least, we have the Yule ham. You ever eaten ham on Christmas? Is anyone eating eaten ham? So you've never eaten ham ever. I hate ham. Huh? It's pretty good. Probably not. It's not something that I feel like you would eat every day, which is you know, but gross. You could. Anyways, the Yule ham also has to do with Freya. So just as the goat was associated with Thor and Odin, the boar was associated with Freya. Pigs and wild boar were sacrificed to Freya to grant a bountiful harvest or to bless marriages and children. After the sacrifices were made to the Norse god, the meat was boiled and eaten at the feast. In the Middle Ages, however, so like as Christianity started taking over and was like a thing, the boar's head was considered the best part and was served to the head table with an apple in its mouth. Today, the vestiges of this tradition are found in the Christmas ham and the boar's head carol. Isn't that fun? I guess. So all of those things are things that happened. Those traditions are from things that happened during pagan traditions that now people are like, it's Christian. Jesus is the reason for the season. But again, Yuletide. We don't do any ritualistic things. (laughs) Yuletide, my guy. It was interesting when I was looking up uh, stuff for like Christmas trees and if Christmas trees are related to Jesus and things like that, someone like there was a lot of things. Some people were like, Christmas trees are never talked about in the Bible. And then there was an excerpt, I guess, too, um, from the Bible that someone had. I don't, I think it was like Jeremiah or something. I honestly don't remember. So don't quote me on that. But there was a verse someone had posted from the Bible after I read that nothing about decorating Christmas trees is in the Bible where I guess this guy comes across pagans that are trying to sacrifice a boar or something under a Christmas tree or a tree. And he like went over and like pushed them down and was like, you can't do this. I'm going to sacrifice this tree in the name of my God. And then he cut down a Christmas tree. And when the pagans were like, you weren't smote by our God that we were doing our ritual for, he was like, exactly. Cause my God protects me. And I was like, this is weird. They didn't teach me that in Catholic school. Yeah. This is just 2 a.m. internet musings. And then there was another one where the tree is supposed to represent the tree of life. And the pricklier the tree, it's supposed to represent the thorn of the, what was it? I think it was the crown of thorns that Jesus was crucified with. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff. And the lights are supposed to represent everlasting life and rebirth and the resurrection of christ because you christians s- doing rituals when they say they don't they stand the tree up yeah there was a lot of like christian related things to the tree too but yeah i like the fact that you bring it in because it's fertility and life and then you decorate it to coax the fairies out to give you good things and it allows all the spiders that live into the tree to now live inside your house 
And your cat to drink the water out of the bottom of the Christmas tree bowl. It has Sprite in it. Yeah. Yeah. Some people put pennies in the bottom of it too. Mm, makes sense. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. So what Christmas tr- traditions are you doing that you didn't know had your mom Odin things? And who's... What? <laughs> <laughs> you can't just put that in there and not think I'm not going to notice. I'm surprised you didn't notice for a second. Because Santa sees everything. He sees you when you're sleeping and he knows when you're awake and he knows Santa is doing your mom. When you put your mom jokes in the podcast. Yeah. So be good for goodness sakes. I don't know. He's a demon. So I'm on. I signed my soul away to him. That's what the list is. (laughs) I just can't get the image of the silhouette of Odin flying through the sky with goats that are screaming. That's the only thing I want for Christmas this year. A god? No, screaming goats that deliver presents to me. Oh. <laughs> you ever seen goat eyes? Goat eyes are probably the most demonic thing too. Like why are their pupils well, rectangular? Would be why the devil is depicted as a goat. Exactly. <laughs> Krampus is also supposed to be part goat, I think. He's got like goaty feet or something. Satan is actually Santa Claus. What if one of Odin's goats actually decided to go rogue and became Krampus? Probably that's what happened. <laughs> that's probably what happened. It sounds like a deity thing. They always do weird shit and then it has a plot twist. I mean, who well, just, like, why Why did Loki just decide to take some mistletoe and, like, literally kill some Odin person? says, don't associate me to what people think. <laughs> <laughs> like, that demonic goat thing is not me. Yeah, no, it's not him. But is it one of his goats? No. Damn. <laughs> Demonic goat thing is not me. Yeah, no, it's not. It's because yeah. he's Santa Claus. It's not associated to him. Did he also have people, like, why does why does sleep near also, like, in there, but he also has goats? I'm so confused. What? <laughs> His eight-legged horse. He says, ask the people that wrote the myth. <laughs> why does he have four extra legs? Is it because he- he's good at rollerblading? He says, why do you have two legs? Most creatures have four. But he has eight. Uh Uh-huh. Is it just because he's extra? So he had a little extra? You ask him. Is it like- literally telling me, you're asking why he has legs. You have two legs instead of four legs. All the other animals on earth have four. That's what he says. I don't know, dude. (laughs) It's God logic. (laughs) It's just logic is what he says. Oh, it makes me happy. I don't know. You got two legs. He has eight. <laughs> I think it'd be cool if you put, oh, you know, like when people ask like where, how, how would you put pants on an animal? How would you put pants on an eight-legged horse? <laughs> Just use two legs. But then he got two more that are naked. Four more. Your arms are Six naked. Six more. Not right now. Because you have sleeves. But yeah. your pants aren't on your arms. That's true. Anyways. Do you guys like content like this? Let us know in the comments below. If you're listening on the Metapsychics Extras YouTube channel, write one of your favorite little Christmas traditions that you didn't know was pagan related or how it was paganly related in the comments below. Or feel free to leave us a dad joke on Apple Podcasts that we'll read in the next podcast or rate us on Spotify because all of those things help. But until next time, Merry Christmas! And let the screaming goats, I don't know. Scream. <laughs> through the night <laughs> what is it all through the house not even a mouse like you know the the snoop dog thing that he reads the night before christmas no. or something 
I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, faux shizzle my nizzle. Something like that. Remember what I told you like 10 minutes ago? Which was? I hate Christmas carols. (laughs) It's not a Christmas carol. It's a book. Anyways. (laughs) Merry Christmas and good night. We are your meta sa kicks. Wow. I think the Yule log is my favorite one. I just want to have a giant Christmas tree burning in my fireplace.